This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Happy New Year, Happy Christmas, Bienvenue, all that stuff. I don't even know what Bienvenue means. Welcome, is it? Welcome, Bienvenue. There you go. Uh, It's another poetry in motion. It's the first poetry in motion of 2019. Be Jesus, be God. Uh, hello to everyone listening overseas. Hello to all the American guys listening in Australia as well. Thank you so much uh, again for your listenership. I always like to start off by thanking you a lot. But if it wasn't for you, it would be three plonkers in the room talking to each other <laughs> and to themselves. Uh, to my right is a man who, is, who officially can claim to have been banned from the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> Not before time, either. Not before time. For explicit language, I'll have you know. I knew this kid when he was a really sweet guy, you know. Then he started growing his weird beard. Mm. And then all kinds has happened to him now. Um, don't get him started on the meal, Hesky. It's Joe Rimmer. How are you, pal? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lesson yeah. language. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it this episode. Keeping things sober and dignified, as always, is Dan K to my left. How are you, Dan? First time I've ever been described as sober and dignified, but I'll, sober I'll take bit. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. All the best. Yeah. All the best. Um, could have gone better for Liverpool so far, but let's let's we'll obviously talk about that. We haven't we haven't won a game in 2019. Crisis. That's how it is. Sack a crisis. It, there's a there's a cl- uh, crisis at the club. I blame the grass. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> there's a long the lower crisis. That's the crisis, isn't it? Clearly, Manchester, Man, 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 Man City, <laughs> Freudian. There you go. Yeah. That's us banding the. getting the Etihad now. Uh, the Man City game. Let's talk about that first. Let's talk about let's talk about the season so far. Halfway through, we couldn't. Have, it couldn't have gone any better. I was at the Newcastle game um, when the final whistle went, and uh, and then we counted down. My mate had the had the app, and we were seeing the the, the attack things that the uh, you know the one of the betting apps have. So it has oh, the other yeah, game, and it shows yeah, the attacking yeah. zones. And then the whistle went. Leicester had beaten City. Uh, we were seven cleared of Leicester, six cleared of Tottenham. Couldn't believe it. I mean, floated out of out of uh, out of Anfield that night. Uh, and then, of course, the big game came up. Could have gone 10 points clear. Uh, as it happens, we are still four points clear. Uh, still an amazing start to the season. Still mi- midway through, but an incredible season so far, Dan. Fantastic. I think, you know, even a month ago, you know, at the start of December, when we all looked at this big wadge of Christmas, New Year period games, and, and obviously, which was always going to come to a conclusion with the game at the Etihad on the third. And everyone was saying, so everyone was saying, well, if we can just get to the City game within a couple of points of them, we'll be made up. Yeah. So to so actually get through that game and still have, you know, a, a relatively healthy lead is, I think, more than anyone could have expected at the start of the season or, like I say, at the beginning of December. Obviously, we would like to, to have gone better, but as time's gone on, where are we Wednesday? So it's almost a week since the game now. And the way I'm kind of choosing to look at it is that Obviously, don't get me wrong, of I'd rather that we'd won and extended that lead. But there's been so much euphoria, justifiable yeah. euphoria and triumphalism of late, that maybe it might it might just serve a little purpose just to keep feet on the ground, make people realise, you know what, we haven't won anything yet. No. Stay honest, keep working hard, keep doing the things that we've all been enjoying all season. And there's a fantastic second half of the season for us all to look forward to. I mean, there's an argument, Joe, isn't there? It's a very optimistic argument, but there's an argument to say that if we'd have won that City game, there, may, there might have been more chance of complacency taking place further down the line, whereas now four points is still great. It's a great lead to have. Wiped out the goal difference, uh, or we certainly took a chunk out of it. I don't know whether that's actually... Well, it was level at one point. I think they may be fractionally... Yeah, a bit, fractionally ahead now. But they were like eight to ten in front only a couple of weeks back, weren't they? Well, we have so much work still to do, Joe, don't we? And I think it's important to keep our feet in the ground with that. We, you know, we've got, we've got a Champions League... Um, campaign as well it's, that's, that's only really just beginning yeah. uh, and, and another half of the season to go Massively I, I think 
in the aftermath of the City game, I think Liverpool now need to just be cold, collected, go back into these games. They got starting to brighten away on Saturday and they've got a couple of favourable home games so they can go out there and if they're just, they carry on playing like they played against City, then they'll win those games and they'll still be top come February. And they just have to, it's a cliche, isn't it? But it's it's always, it is always true. You've got to take it one game at a time. You've got to go out there and beat what's in front of you. And well, I've just have done that very well. We have done that very well so far. We've been, I mean, and there's been a few games along the line where I thought this is, this I mean, the Arsenal game I thought was going to trip us up and mm. we just, we mm. slaughtered them. Um, We'll talk about the City game in a little bit more depth. The next five games we've got, Brighton away, Palace at home, Leicester at home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home. Very, very winnable games. You look at Leicester might be a tricky one, but then they blow hot and cold. I mean, it's five games that you wouldn't mind. Equally as well, I think, of the the teams in contention. We've uh, we've only got, I think we've only got two of the top. Tottenham and Chelsea. Tottenham and Chelsea. To come to Anfield. Both at home. Yeah. We still got to go to Man United and Everton, yeah, which are never gimmies. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But Liverpool, I mean, they beat Tottenham, didn't they, earlier in the season? Now Tottenham have come to the boil really well. So Liverpool got that out, that game out of the way early, and and you want to play them at home. So I just think, I think for some people after that City game, there was a bit of doom and gloom, and you know, I think the chance to go ten points clear was such a. It would have been so good that people felt quite bad afterwards but I think if you if you look at it in the cold light of day they're four points clear with a good fixture list and they've been playing some of the best football I've seen Liverpool yeah. play in my whole lifetime yeah. and that's not exaggerating that that's fair you know in terms of a league campaign this is some of the best football when they turn it on they're brilliant and they're, they're very good defensively and they're very cold they, they're playing like a team that you think wins leagues plays like yeah. you know and I have to say it's, it's tough to get your head around because I've never seen Liverpool win the league you know, I, I was one when they last won the I league. I was 12. One and a half. So, yeah, yeah. So, so you, it's hard to even imagine what you've got to do to win the league, but this is it, isn't it? Win these games, stay very, very cold and cool. And, and, and I think they've done that in the first half of the season. If they play the second half of the season like they played the first, then they'll win the league. I can still see Douglas bring it down off his knee and flicking it past there. We was at Chelsea away when, when we... When that we, was 86, Tony Gordon. Yeah, 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 I, I can just yeah. about remember that. Yeah. I mean, the funny 90 thing, was the last one, wasn't it? 90 was the last one. The funny thing, I mean, I, I, by that stage, I was 12, nearly 13, so yeah. very much into me footy. But I also remember as well, kind of feeling really a little bit dissatisfied that season because we lost to Crystal Palace in the FA Cup semi and it was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll make do with the league. We should have won the double again, really should do better. I think certainly me and a lot a lot of people took it for granted because, well, in 1990, that would have been something like the 11th league in 15, 16 seasons. Yeah, so yeah, it, it did, run, yeah, yeah. It, it, it did become commonplace to us three, nearly three decades on. Obviously, it's a different kettle of fish. The whole landscape of football has changed in that time on. Obviously, the whole landscape yeah. of our club has as well. But we've, the way we've gone about our business this season is the most encouraging thing for me. And obviously, I'm desperate for it to for it to end in silverware and success for us, but we have to be aware of the fact that you know the bar has massively been raised. In any yeah. other season, if we'd had a start like this, we'd be miles clear. Miles ahead. Yeah. The reality is, I still, I, you know, we still really need to be aiming for a hundred points. Now, I've got a crystal ball. I don't know if that's going to happen, but as long as we go about our business in the same manner that we have this season, with the same desire to attack, to to. To, to, to attack, to defend, to play the kind of football we all want to see. If come May that isn't quite good enough, then I'll I'll take that. The, the, the only way I'd, I'd feel kind of like unhappy or dissatisfied at the end of the season is if 
we, we bottle it, we yeah. flake it, <clears throat> and we start playing for draws and stuff like that. I just don't see that happening because that's just not in Jurgen Klopp's mentality. No, it, you say that, isn't it? I, I agree totally. And I, I think I put a tweet very much similar to what you just said, just saying, f- however the season pans out, thank you for what they've done because yeah. it, it, there's a consistency with this side there. I was 21 when we last won the league. That's old I am. <laughs> so I can remember that team. I can remember that late 80s team. And I, and, and, and it was literally, you, you, you check the scores to see how many we were winning by. That's how... That's how far ahead we were. We, we were a brilliant side towards the latter half of the of the eighties, and this consistency is coming back, and and I think it's coming back to a point where, like you say, for for ones who can't remember it and can't remember this this level of consistency, it's just been so far a fantastic season. The, 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 you know, the the City game. I suppose what makes it better as well is that was that was a, it was it, it wasn't we weren't trounced by City at all. No. It was foot and inches. In fact, it was eleven millimeters away from a goal or. The length of Mo Salah's football boots, how that ball went through his legs from Stones' clearance, I still will not understand. But when I looked at the lineup, I thought because I'd made I'd made a lot of it, I'd made a, a, a song and dance about the fact that we're very much in 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 um, Pep Guardiola's head. Hmm. After I saw the team lineup, I think we're they're in Klopp's head very much so as well because I saw that default midfield, which is his default setting, which. You know you're going to get you know you're going to get a hard work in midfield, but you're not going to get a lot of creation in that midfield. So when I saw those three, that was my my only real ah oh, come on. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think absolutely. a lot of Reds did as well. I suppose you could look at it and say, well, actually, you know, we had that goal eleven millimeters away from being a goal. We had Salah's chance in the second half that was a great save from Edison. We had our chances. There's no doubt about it. But I, I, I definitely think he has that default setting. Does he not, Joe? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think I, I looked at the same. I thought I expected Fabinho to play. I thought he should have played. I thought Liverpool played better when he, when he came on. And I think Klopp set up with an eye on City rather than yeah. playing to Liverpool's strengths. Yeah. And I think he thought, which turned out to be true, it would be a very fast, very physical game. And they would they would throw everything at it, especially in the first half an hour. And it, it, that did turn out to be true. And he picked the midfield, I think, that he thought would set, set up and be physical be fit, get around the pitch. But I, I don't think it helped Liverpool when they were on the ball. And yeah. I think Fabinho would have been a better option to win the ball back and get Liverpool playing forward. And I think when he came on, they did that. It's an industrious midfield, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's not a creative one. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've spoken about that midfield trio on a number of occasions yeah. since Kiev when it got found wanting then. If it hadn't been for the, the way they all played against Napoli, which, to be honest... I think was one of our best performances of the season. And those three did start that game. Yeah. I would have been a lot more, maybe not angry, but concerned than what I was when it, when, I, when, I, when I saw that midfield trio named. The, the slight regret that I've got is that in, in the context of A, um, you know, the, the, the points advantage that we had yeah. um, going into that match and also the <laughs> fact, I think it was nine straight wins going into it. Mm-hmm. I think there was possibly... He, he could have been a bit bolder in that midfield. And that like, I, I agree with you. That's not necessarily... I had a, a, not say an argument, a discussion with a mate before the City game. He was like, Shaqiri's got to keep his place. And like, I could just... I was I was a bit surprised when he named Shaqiri and the front three at home to Arsenal. It's mm. one thing doing it at home to yeah. Newcastle, the team that's going to sit. I was surprised and pleasantly surprised when he did that at home to Arsenal. And obviously it worked out well. We won 5-1. But I wouldn't have expected him to do that away to City. Fabinho, I think as we all accept, was the one that should have started... Yeah, you know, ironically, the, the I think it was the away game at Arsenal at the start of November. He started that match and looked off the yeah, pace. Yeah, he kind yeah, of yeah. wondered about a, him in the big game. Baptism of fire, that one. Eh? Since then, obviously, he's really come into his own. And and um, I think with hindsight, yes, he absolutely should have started the game. That said, it, it, such fine margins. Obviously, there was the you know, 
the Mane Salah chance early in the first half. The other thing we haven't mentioned also is the, is the Vincent Company Channel, tackle yeah, on yeah, Salah, which yeah. you know in real football, the kind of football we play five aside or old world football that we grew up with, it's not a red card. But in the modern game, last man. Yeah. Well, and particularly when you think about what Mane got sent off for there yeah, last year, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's a, it's a bit sliding doors. Uh, isn't yeah, it? But, yeah. I think you're right though. It, it is. It is easy to sit here in hindsight and say Fabinho should have played because it was a very fast game. And I, and I do wonder, he came on at a time when everyone, everyone was knackered, weren't they, yeah. let's face it. Yeah. And then he could stamp him, himself on midfield. But I think if he'd have started, you don't know, maybe the game would have passed him by like it did at Arsenal. So I can understand Klopp's thinking. I just think perhaps he should have favoured Liverpool's strengths rather than looking at... I City. guess there was a damned if you do, damned if you don't, isn't yeah, there? Because yeah, there's a possibility yeah. there that he could have gone on for more of an attack and more of a swashbuckling lineup and gotten beaten 3-0 yep. and got yeah. slagged off for that. So, mm. And again, it was a very, very close game. It was one... I mean, the individual brilliance of, 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 of Aguero. I'll tell you where I... I very much blame the Aguero goal and it's not... I'm not it's not Dejan Lovren, which a lot of people jumped on. Because his first touch would kill any, any, yeah. any centre-back. Anyone. You've got to stay on your feet in the box. If you look at that goal again... Virgil van Dijk heads that ball clear. Aguero falls on his backside. It was a bit of a penalty shout, isn't it? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, there is, but yeah. I, th- I don't think it was. One. It was no. a half-hearted one. I don't even he even made much of a shout. No. But van Dijk heads that clear. Now, he's well within his rights to say that the second phase of that ball has to be picked up by his midfield players. Yeah. If you ever look at that goal again, you've got Gini Wijnaldum, Henderson, and to a certain extent as well, Bobby Firmino, and he's coming from a mm. foot on an advanced yeah. position. There are three players there. And Bernardo Silva, who is not the, the tallest man on the pitch. No. Now, if you ever look at that again, Van Dijk heads that ball clear. All it would have taken was Henderson or Wijnaldum to run and and follow that out with another header. They both stand and watch that ball go to Bernardo Silva. If you watch the if you watch it again, and 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 they're the kind of situations where you think those three in midfield do tend to get static at times, and there isn't a lot of pace between them, and I just. I got really annoyed when I saw it because I thought that was that's where the goal was was cross is, cross comes yeah. in too easily. I think Morales would do more to stop the cross. He doesn't do anything. Well, them too. The ball is allowed to get to the feet of, of, of Bernardo yeah. Silva and then for him to pass it through. So that's where more so than Lovren being turned inside out. Because I mean, there's, there's probably three strikers in the world. I've a few people criticise the goalkeeper as well, but I just think he he struck it so well. It's such close it. range. I just I agree. It is near post. I mean, you are you. It's it's a near. I mean, there's there's the ball's width for, yeah, to get that yeah. through. I agree, and that's what drove me to, to foul language in the last pod. It's not so much, it, we, we finished on Heskey, but the idea is the scapegoating and, and everyone after the game, yeah. it was just lovering this, lovering oh, that. But, but in that goal, there's two or three phases of play, like you say, where Liverpool have a chance to, to win it in midfield, then to block the cross. And then I think, I agree on the goalkeeper, I wouldn't criticise him, but I bet you if Mignolet was in goal conceding that goal, oh, yeah. the it would be a completely different narrative. And I think this idea that you you blame Lovren, I got made to come on to me and say, oh, Lovren's absolutely rubbish because I can't say stronger words. Yeah. But they say this, and I, look, for 12 months, for 14 months, he's been very good. Yeah. And and all right, yeah, he had, he had one poor game, but he's not the only one. And other players have poor games. He's up against, he was up against Man City. They're not a bad side, the, you know. The, the last three wins against City in 2018... He was he was pivotal in all of yeah. them. In fact, the league game, the four three game, he actually captained the side that well, day. Van Dijk people didn't forget play, about, did he? Yeah, exactly. Van Dijk didn't play. In people, that game. people quite happily forget that. But like you say, it's the mod, not even just modern football, modern society. Everyone needs a scapegoat. You need a scapegoat. Fa- he doesn't do himself favours with some of the comments he makes. There is an arrogance air to him that that can, people can take wrong with. But, but he's let, been getting scapegoated let, for let quite me, a while. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let me say then you you say that. But first of all, I everything people ask him questions. They ask him, can Liverpool go unbeaten? He's not going to sit there and go. No, I think that they might lose no, a city. Of course not. And and secondly, 
Van Dijk says arrogant things all the time because he's Virgil Van Dijk. We all go, that's brilliant. Yeah, he said Liverpool could win all four trophies earlier this season. They got knocked out in the League Cup. He backs it up on the pitch, though. And I think there are times when look, I think there are times when 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 Lovren isn't the most. I mean, let's face it, Lovren's coming alongside Van Dijk when I think most of us would would, would have been happy for Gomez if he wasn't injured yes, to be there, and, oh, and Lovren definitely. wouldn't have featured. But I just think at times like that there was some. There were some ridiculous comments after the game. There's some ridiculous... I mean, I had a thing that I can only put down to it either being a blue or being someone just winding up. It was sent to me because I don't listen to talk sport, but it was sent to me and it was this fella talking, saying Klopp, you know, if Klopp's got to go at the end of the season if he's going to do this. And, and you listen to it and you think it's got to be, it's got to yeah. be, it's got to be a wind up because it's, no one, no one can, can look at our season and make any suggestion like that without being a plonker or being set up, set up for it. You can find a plonker at every club Everywhere, though, can't you? Yeah. I, I can go on, I can go on Twitter now yeah. and type in, I don't know, yeah. Guardiola sacked and there'll be some City fans yeah. somewhere saying, I don't like the way he wears his jumpers, he should be sacked because the people are mad. And and when you've got a fan base the size of what we have as well, you're going to get, you get crazy people after every game and and you just, they're a very small portion of a a fan base. It's very much behind the manager and the team. What, what, you know, Neil made the point just before about how, you know, we've all had this perception that we've been in their heads a little bit this season. They've been in ours probably to a certain degree because it has turned into, I'm not quite ruling Tottenham out yet, but I, I do think if they don't, if they don't strengthen in, this month and they will fade away a little bit. One thing that struck me, and I was at the SEAD last week, and I don't necessarily mean this in kind of like a, a critical kind of Mickey taking kind of, kind of way. There was a desperation to City's approach on Thursday in the, in the crowd and the players yeah. that in some way, that in some ways is a massive compliment to us. Yeah. That's, that is, that is what we've done this season to make them like that. They're an out, they're an exceptional side. And they, you know, they but they play. won't have that attitude again. Well, so, I uh, guarantee you, they will not play with the fire that they played against us. For, for, well, that's for, the challenge for them because yeah. obviously they had a couple of iffy results. They won't because they Christmas. don't get the atmosphere. Yeah, well, and, and I think they were very much lifted by the. Oh, I, I don't think it intimidated were. us, but I think it lifted the yeah. own players. I mean, his, his company talking about the twelfth man made me laugh, you know, because <laughs> he's talking about the twelfth man. Well, where's that? With that's the, the, with first the time flags. The man's been there. Well, yeah, someone summed it really well. Uh, they didn't necessarily play the the game of their lives, but they played like their lives depended on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was really, yeah. really. They awful. stood up to it. I mean, I think my my initial my initial thing after the match was that they wanted it more, and they did. Yeah. They wanted to win that game. No, I don't mean saying that we didn't want the game but they wanted it and, and it made them and it's the difference between watching the ball in the air that Van Dijk's cleared and not going to get that out for the second phase uh, as opposed to a City player wanting to get that ball so, the, so there was a they were a bit overawed by it yeah. in the pool they were maybe in a bit of pressure going into, them, going into the game but that was definitely City's game because they were ferocious about it and that's fair enough my argument would be they won't be like that for many more games no. you know it reminds, it reminds <laughs> me of how many times have we seen Liverpool play last season's case in point when City came to Anfield play a very good title challenger or eventual title winner and the crowd's up for it the yeah, team's up yeah. for it and you, you come away think, why can't they play why like that every yeah. week Cut finals and, and they win yeah. a game and, yeah. and you think so it, it was almost like they'd switched re- reverse yeah. roles didn't they they played like a Liverpool which was like with the crowd behind them up for it and like desperate to end Liverpool's unbeaten run and Liverpool came and tried to sort of play the way they yeah. played all season and as long as Liverpool then carry on doing that then 
great. You know, that, that's what you want, don't you? You want to be the hunted because that means you're on the it's top. Funny how easily, it's funny how easily we take for granted and forget the, the achievements so far, isn't it, though? Yeah. I mean, not, not yeah. all of us, but there is a, a, a large percentage going, oh, we've blown it, we've done this, we've done it. And then you look and you think, we were 26 points behind this team last year. Mm. It was a I mean, we've overhauled and we've, not only the, the, the beauty of us, we haven't been on the coattails, we're in front of them. Yeah. It's not like we've hung on for dear life. We've overtaken them, they're hanging on to us for dear life. And even, you know, they, obviously their numbers are, are very, very impressive, as are ours. Even though we've only kind of been in front of them for the last month or so, it's not like at any point this season they've been like, I don't think they've ever been more than like three, two or three points ahead. Yeah. I think there was one game where... Might have been when we lost to Arsenal, and it's like, oh, well, we've gone two points behind now, and you can't afford to let them get away. Well, it's not like we've. There's been seasons when we've got to this point early January, and we've been 15, 20 points yeah, behind the leaders. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's just been like, oh, well, let's go for fourth again. Well, let's face you it, know, this is the, I mean, it's the first time in a long time that we've been in the mix this late. That, oh, well, you know, I know we I know we came close under Rodgers and stuff, but. Do, do you know what's different now, though? And, and this, what I was talking about before when I said, get my head around the team. That, the, and how they have to play to win a title. I think back to the Rodgers side, and I think back earlier to Benitez's side that came second. It never felt they, like... Yeah, no, there was no. all obvious weaknesses yeah. with Benitez. They drew games, which yeah. you thought, why? if you're going to win the title, you can't draw it home to Fulham and West Ham. Yeah. That was very much Benitez's it. style, wasn't yeah. it? Was the, he, he, would, he wouldn't mind a draw. And then Rodgers' team was conceding goals. like the, They center, got beat yeah. at Hull, didn't they? And they, they were abject. And in both... This, sorry. Whereas this team, it doesn't have those obvious weaknesses. No. I, I don't think I've seen them play this season where I've thought... They got away with one there. When they've won, well, the, the majority of games that they they they've won, they've been good value. Yeah, been good value. I think the other big difference as well from from those two years, like like you say, there was always the the, <coughs> the feeling, particularly with the Rogers side, that they couldn't defend. I mean, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I think we conceded fifty league goals that season, which you know, realistically, you're never ever going to yeah. win a title no. with that, even though we were still only a slip away from doing so. Yeah. But in both those campaigns, there was no real depth to the squad. You know, you had the likes of. Nabil Elzar, Iago yeah. Aspas coming off the bench. You look at the bench now, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot more depth, a lot more quality that he can turn to if he wants to freshen things up, fre- freshen things up a little bit. <coughs> the other slightly different thing is on both 2009, the, the Rafa one. We did, I think, start the new year top, but then kind of already started to tail off. <coughs> Sorry, just getting over a cold here. Um, the Rodgers one, we had this. We had the two hard, tough away games over Christmas, Chelsea and Man City, and we actually started 2014 in fifth. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a different mentality yeah, now. Is. We're kind of like, we're very much in this title race on merits. Yeah. We all, there's very much a feeling that we deserve to be there. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah. There the definitely is. Well, like, well, let's talk about then, because of the campaign and because there are, the, you know, there are different facets of a, of, a, of, a, of a league season, including cups as well. Let's talk about, and especially let's talk about, since we've just been talking about the consistency of Liverpool, let's talk about the Wolves FA Cup game, which was, in many ways, was a look at, it was almost like looking into a crystal ball back about 12 months or, 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 or a couple of years, because we had, we had that dodgy feeling again of, we're not going to get through this. This is, I mean... You know, it, it was a lineup that I I, I I put a thing after saying actually I honestly felt so strongly about it. I thought mm. the club should the club should give a rebate of some sort yeah, to them fans I saw because, that and I think you, because I agree, and I, and I got and I got stick either way, which you always do on 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 Twitter anyway or any of them social platforms. You're not going to please everyone, but I just felt angry about the fact that five thousand fans went to Wolverhampton and watched. I mean, Klopp beforehand, Klopp's Klopp's. 
pre-match interview was basically, we don't want to be in this. We He said something along the lines of, well, it'd be nice if we got Rotherham, but we didn't. Um, we've got a really hard draw. Like we always get a hard draw, and it was he was basically sort of making making excuses for what was about to happen. Um, now you can also argue that he should have a right as a manager to put out a, pit, a, a team that that he believes we're going to put up a fight. Um, Daniel Sturridge, I think, was so disrespectful to the club, so disrespectful to the position he plays in that I don't think I'd ever want to see him playing on that pitch again. He was an absolute disgrace. He was he was. It was almost like. And to prefer Origi as well, up to the point when he scored, it felt like they were saying, you're only playing us for these little and unimportant games, so we're not going to put in a pitch. That's what it felt like to me. There, there, there was no running off the ball. There was, I mean, Sturridge, I forgot, was playing. I mean, literally mm. could not remember him touching the ball. Um, and the midfield, you know, Milner struggled a lot. Cater again, the one step forward, two steps back with, with, with Naby Cater, it seems to be. In it. What went wrong uh, first of all, Dan, what went wrong the other night for, for Liverpool in the FA Cup? I mean, it, it was always going to be one of these awkward fixtures because the, the position that we're in, we're all desperate for this league title and, you know, to a certain degree, the Champions League. Now, for the likes of you and me, Neil, the FA Cup will always have a very... Yeah. People of our generation, the FA Cup is special to us. Yeah. And there's an argument uh, that, you know, if, if there's one tournament Liverpool should always take seriously, it's the FA Cup. Not everybody feels this way. Me and my good friend Joe have had a number of heated debates about the FA Cup and why and, and its merits or otherwise. The, the, the big disappointment for me on Monday was, was the likes of Sturridge and Origi. Um, Shakiri to a certain degree. Yeah. We always obviously very unlucky with that free kick that cracked against the crossbar via Ruddy's thumb. This was an opportunity for them to say, to put pressure on the yeah. boss to say, you need to be thinking about me yeah. for Brighton. You need to be thinking about me for Leicester. You need to be thinking I'm about pretty sure the manager said all that these league games. And they didn't really look that interested. No. Um, you know, it, it may well be, you know, I do begrudgingly accept that in, in, for our main objectives this season, it probably will do. Already we're looking at it and seeing we've now got a nice 10 day break before crunch games against Bayern Munich and Man United towards the end of February. And it will, bearing in mind you know, the, the highly, the hugely intensive way that we play, that that will benefit us, I'm yeah. sure. But there's a part of me that even though I know we've won two wonderful trebles that I gloried in, even as a seven-year-old in 1984, I want to win that treble that Man United did mm. with, the, with, the, with the FA Cup and the league and the, and the European Cup. Arguably, that would never have been this season. You know, if that's ever going to happen, maybe it'll happen sometime in the future. But... Um, <laughs> I think maybe the biggest problem was the draw that we got. I think that, you know, if you look at all the other top teams, the, the side that we put out was not massively dissimilar to what they did, mm. but we had a much harder game. And if we'd been at home to Lincoln, for example, without picking on Everton, mm. I think we'd have got through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I, you know, I'm not a massive fan of the FA Cup and, and Monday pretty much summed up why in one game, but I think, I think you both... Yeah, but that's not the FA Cup's fault. <laughs> well, it, it is the organisers of... I've killed that cup. Well, it's I, been I, killed by. If I could by... just jump in as well, just at this point briefly, Joe, as well. A lot of you know, a lot of accusations been levelled at the likes of Klopp as well. But what the, what the hell are the FA doing with all these kickoff times? Exactly six or seven games at two o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, Preston against Rotherham games like that. So they're taking the mick as much as anybody. That, that's right. what that's one of the big reasons why I don't like the FA Cup is because we're constantly told to take it seriously and that it's a magnificent competition and and every team should should desperately want to win it. But they don't take it seriously themselves. They mm. they change it every year, and you know why? Why are some games, the TV games, got VAR and then others don't? Mm. If, if you're going to do something, do it properly. It it was just it's 
I think the, the competition is a bit of a shambles the way it's run now. But as for Liverpool's team, I think you're both a little bit harsh because I think you've got to consider that when you make that many changes and you've got three teenagers, one enforced, two others in the starting line. You all did terrific. The way, the way mm. they, they did terrific. And especially a 16-year-old player playing Incredible. at yeah. centre-half. You're going you're gonna to have a very disjointed performance. And look, with storage, I, I take your point, but I think... We do see Storage throwing those performances. He's very much a, a quiet player until he, he bangs one in. That You're never going to get massive running. And I actually thought Rigi ran, ran a lot in the first yeah, half. Yeah, I thought Rigi was not was But was terrible on the ball. And until he scored his goal, he, he couldn't find feet like a yard away, could he? So no, I, I, a lot of players were... were a lot of players lot, were, were... Milner as well was Milner. the worst performance I've seen Milner play oh, for a long time. Awful. And I think you've got to take into account Wolves played a, a strong team. Yeah. Um, and they, they were strong opponents. So... Look, I, but I think the bit of farce, the farce in it is that he does in the end start bringing on players that, that, that you think, well, you matter, you, why didn't you start with them? Because he did bring on Salah, he does bring Alfa on Firmino, yeah. he does bring on these players. So you think, well, it's all a bit of an afterthought, well, isn't it? You know? Here's the only thing I don't understand. Over Christmas and into this period when, when you make all these changes, I can never understand why managers, he made a lot of changes at Burnley and they, they won and he made a lot of changes last night. Why not make one or two tweaks throughout the month mm. rather than... You know, Massive. Why, why not? Yeah, instead mm. of wholesale changes, why not rest? <clears throat> I'm not being funny. Rest the goalkeeper at home to whoever you know. There were games Newcastle. Month, Newcastle. Yeah. Why not change a centre half then, or or a forward then, rather than come into this Wolves game or come into the Burnley game and going right? Let's change the yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. And this is my point. I mean, my, the, the main point I wanted to make, which is the point I made in the tweet, was that look, I know we've got a big, we've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. I get that. I love the FA Cup. I love the tradition of the FA Cup because I've got memories of sitting with my dad watching us against United in the finals or watching. Yeah. Us. So yeah, it, it has a tradition for me and it has a nostalgia point. But I totally get if we're going to go. All right, let's push that to mm. one side. My only argument is, well, let's think about the 5,000 fans that are going there and, and people yeah, who are taking I, the kids and say, you know what? Uh, there's a bit of a reduction in your, in, your, in, in, in your ticket price because we're kind of sacrificing it rather than going, no, let's give them the full hit uh, and, and let's get the transport down there and let's get their night there and then let's put on a team that, that let's put out a team with, with widespread changes that don't really, you know, that don't really, well, they did compete for a while, but... I just felt like we knew what was going to happen and I just feel like it would have been more of an inconvenience if we'd have gotten through. And well, also then you think... They, well, what if we'd equalised and got a replay? Got a that replay. would arguably be the worst yeah. case. Yeah. They actually now have a 10-day break before the Bayern Munich first leg. Yeah. So they, they so actually you could argue benefiting. That, well, you could argue that they could have been out a better side because they would have still had yeah. a decent break. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's... Again, listen, I don't want... If the thought that we got further in the FA Cup but it jeopardised somewhere down the line our assault on the league would, would, would horrify me. So it's not that I'm saying, well, why has he done that? Because I know why he's done it. Yeah. It's just that I just feel like, you know, I think from a fan's point of view, I just feel when the crowd cuts, when the cameras cut to the crowds and you've got, they're, they're, they're Liverpool fans, they're representing the club, mm. they're representing the fan base. And I just think, you know what? Hiking down there on a Monday night. Hiking down on a Monday weather. night to Birmingham, which, yeah. you know, but then if you normally you know drive through Birmingham, you don't, you're around it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that there's a responsibility for all clubs to make the, the domestic cups, especially if they want people to take them seriously, make them a bit of more affordable. Yeah. If you yeah, want absolutely. fans to, to take those competitions seriously and you want teams to fill the stadiums by, by making them more that's affordable. What, that's kind of my point, is, yeah. is, is just make it a bit more, because we know that it's going to be the first to get sacrificed. I mean, you know, the, the Champions League is the, is the glory league now, isn't it? Let's be honest with you. It's, but, the, it's the showbiz league, isn't it? And the League Cup is actually easier to take seriously because it comes earlier in the season yeah, when you haven't got why have they still got two leg semi-finals though I, st I just don't get that I think it's possibly something to do with the fact that they earn much more money doing it that way don't they yeah, yeah. 
But the, but the FA Cup almost now. Why have a semi at Wembley? Well, you have well, to I, win Tottenham involved. That. But that, you know, that whole that. thing was just about earning more money, isn't it? But the FA Cup now comes at a time which is totally inconvenient for clubs, isn't it? In terms of if you're chasing titles, everyone's knackered. You know, Liverpool, at the end of the busy yeah, Christmas period, busy. yeah. So it doesn't come at the right time. There's so many. I can't stand. I cannot stand for the life of me. Alan Shearer sitting there after the game, going, "It's not good enough. Liverpool should do this. Liverpool should do that." Yeah, I feel like saying to him, "You got sacked from Newcastle after six games. Maybe there's a reason why you're sitting in the studio and Klopp <laughs> is standing there in the dugout." Well, I'm I don't sorry, seem to remember him giving Leicester pelters the day before. Yeah. I, you know, that, to me, that was a that was a great FA Cup time at yeah. Newport and Leicester on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know you might mock the you know the theory, of the, the, the the magic of the FA Cup, but to me, that was cliche. Old. Cliche. It was, cliche. It was a no, what a, cup time. What a, but afterwards, he was like, "Isn't this fantastic?" He wasn't giving. Yeah, you know, obviously, I knew Liverpool a bigger team, bigger squad than Leicester or whatever. But what a what I love about the FA Cup. Uh, and it's indisputable is the fact that it is that one time in the year where lower league clubs that have a real problem balancing the books get a few quid out of the FA they get a few quid well they get a few quid out of fans let's be honest yeah. with you but it's their way I mean Atkinson Stanley beating Ipswich fantastic when, when, mean, when they're, they're, most of their players are on loan because they can't afford them mm. and, and the gate receipts from that was about three and a half hundred grand and then they're going to get more for the next round and I just think if that sets our lower league clubs up for a little bit longer Keeps them going a little bit longer. Then, then, then it, that's what that's the magic of the FA Cup. Absolutely. For me, I mean, I, I, I was at Brenton Park on Friday night, and even though I, the, the result didn't didn't go the way that Tranmere wanted, they got battered seven 0 by Tottenham. But for a team that you know, they didn't tw- disgrace themselves. They didn't first, disgrace I mean, themselves. I mean, quite I, even I, first half. Well, yeah. It was. It was only when Tottenham sort of. Shifted through the gears. Yeah. Yeah. You could feel them sort of going, oh, yeah. it's inevitable. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, but for a club that, you know, 12 months ago was playing the likes of Geisley and Barrow yeah. in league yeah. games yeah. to be live on a Friday night with Harry Kane and everyone on the pitch, it was, that to me summed up that, you know, there is something to be said for the pyramid of English football. And yeah. I do think the clubs at the top have a responsibility to the clubs at the bottom to kind of help drag them Absolutely. along as I much think, as they I can. I think there should be a little bit more parity. And, that, and that's what I like about it, in, a, in essence. In fact, my, my best games in the FA Cup are always, when they're not Liverpool games, are always the giant killers. Yeah. Are always these little clubs coming and just showing a bit of nerve and a bit of bottling and, and then... Joe's bristling. Joe's picking away at the season. Just don't, don't yeah. throw cliches. That I just, you just can't wait rammed, for that European Super League, can you? They get rammed down your throat, don't they? You, you can't see a goal going in the FA Cup without them saying... So don't tell me the Ronnie FA Radford. Cup doesn't mean anything to you Show anymore. Show Ronnie Radford the score. I'm just... You young kids don't bit. get nostalgic. You know when you're my age, son? But, but it's not... The point is, he's traumatised by the semi-final against Villa in 2050 and that's what that. it is. I went it? to that. No, but, I went to that too. I, went, I also went to the, to the 2006 FA Cup final with my brother. Yeah. I loved it. It was a great, great day. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, if we can see we'd win it, I'd love it even more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's, not how it works. I'm only interested in if they win it. But honestly, I... You know, I've had some great, great times in the FA Cup, some some bad times as well, but but I just, I can't stand this whole, it, it just feels like everyone's so defensive about the competition and on and the pundits and commentary and everything is so I, defensive I, about it. I think it. probably the reason why they're so defensive, I think that, I think there's definitely a memo gets sent out and I think it's because it has lost its luster. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. it. It is. And the FA are responsible for that for yeah. a yeah. number yeah, of reasons. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, I get that. I Semis get that. at Wembley's a massive one. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. It's, 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 it's awful, taken. isn't it? The whole reason that they have these national stadiums is when you get to a cup final, you can go to Wembley yeah. or, you, or Cardiff when it was in Cardiff and you can go to it and have a day out. Not and had so that you, rarity, didn't it? Yeah. No, no so that. you can bid a month before in the semi-finals. Yeah, that's the, that, that, that was one of the worst, most the, the most ridiculous uh, uh, suggestions ever to have a semi-final at Wembley because it just in completely took away the magic yeah. of the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> if I can use one of your copyright, yeah. Yeah, yeah, copyright magic of the. All right, well, look, let's move on from that then. Let's talk about 
Because obviously there are issues now defensively with Liverpool. Uh, we are we are threadbare. I don't know how bad the hamstring pull was. It was after two minutes or something. Mm. When they hadn't, so maybe it was more of a I'm feeling something here. Let's get me off. Apparently he was feeling it. something before the game, wasn't he? Was and it? I think, oh no, no, maybe not actually. So uh, sorry, I might be getting them mixed up. But hamstrings are never good, are they? No, they're never good. You I know, mean, two you... minutes in. But interestingly enough, it was two. There wasn't. I hadn't really been any kind mm. of challenge from no. him. Or they so the ball, whether or not he just. I mean. And, and really speaking, you know, your warm ups are supposed to be sufficient. I could see Klopp was fuming at the at the at the, at the medical staff. You could see mm-hmm. him at the, because that's what warm ups are for. You well, know, how does it happen after if it happened yeah, after ten fifteen? He's two minutes without any kind of real real thing means he hasn't warmed up properly. Mm-hmm. Something's yeah. gone wrong there. Yeah. So, I mean, bear in mind the transfer season, uh, the transfer window. Is there anything on the horizon? Do you think Liverpool need have to do that now? Have to try and go out and try and. As my son beautifully said in the way to school, why don't we just go and get Kulabali? <laughs> Love you, son. Have a good day. <laughs> Sorry about your concussion. But it would be great, wouldn't it? But, um, but now, it's, do we need to strengthen now for the second half of the, of the season? You, you would, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But Klopp bristled at suggestions that he should go out and buy someone. I think he had a bit of a go at someone from TalkSport saying, only in England do you say that you suddenly need to buy someone. But... I don't know, you know. I, I actually thought Fabinho played quite well at centre-half. Yeah, he did. And he was brought, to be fair, knowing that he's mm. a bit of a utility player like that. He, he can play like that. He's so versatile. I think we'll see him line up alongside Van Dijk at the weekend. But, you know, I don't think it would hurt to go out. All right, all right I know you've got to think when Gomez comes back. but And Matip. But the, the top teams do, you know, City. Mm. I know City have got more money than anyone and more money than sense at times. But when they need someone, they go out and just buy someone, don't they? And... You kind of, if you can't beat them, join them. You've got, you've got to do it sometimes. I, I would like to see us bring, bring one or two in, even if it's just on loan. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's more, more emergency loan kind of thing. Yeah, right? as as much of the fact as anything else, you know, you can look at it and say, well, some of our best transfers in recent people say, oh, you can't get any value in January. Well, arguably, three of Liverpool's best transfers in recent times are coming in January: Van Dijk, Coutinho, and Sturridge yeah. going, going back a few years. But as much as anything Suarez. else. Suarez, of course, yeah. And Andy Carroll. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scored again the weekend. Can't knock yeah. Andy Carroll. Um, Daniel Agam, Martin Skirtle. Lot of, yeah. Lot yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. But as much as anything else, I just kind of think at this point, just to have a fresh face around the dressing room, yeah. in, around the training ground, just to mix things up a little bit. And, and the way that, you know, to everyone's surprise, Solanke's already gone to Bournemouth for 19 million. Obviously, Klein's gone out as well. That ju- and the, I don't know how much truth there is. I trust possibly even this morning or maybe yesterday one, certainly after the Wolves game, that uh, Rafa Camacho might be going yeah, to sport in Lisbon on loan. For Lisbon. It, was, it was beforehand, but I think Liverpool wants to wait now mm. that he's played. I can't see them sending him out on loan now that... I just dog. think, just to freshen things up a little bit, <coughs> um, just to throw another another voice, another, <coughs> another character into the mix, I do like the idea of doing it. However, it is easier said than done because it, you know it's not necessarily easy to persuade people to come to you when they might only play a handful of games that being said the way you sell it is well do you want to play a handful of games at the top end of the Premier League and the Champions League or do you want to keep muddling around for whoever you are at the, with at the minute so it is difficult isn't it you think yeah. about it I, I can't think of anyone I mean there's been talk of Hummels but I can't imagine Bayern Munich saying go on you can loan Hummels we play here in a month <laughs> yeah. but it's you can fine. loan Hummels fine, yeah. but the, the, you know, <laughs> yeah, hilarious, yeah. the last emergency loan they got was Stephen, Stephen Corker Cole, so you're, yeah. you're not those those days are very difficult to pull off and and, and, we, don't, we, and we don't know how far away the others I mean no yeah. Gomez is down the line but but we Gomez by all accounts was a you know, was a clean break it was yeah. like the 4th yeah. or 5th of December so you'd like to think he wouldn't be too far I think, away I think yeah. he said that he'd be back training Monday yeah and then he needs to get 
match fit. So you'd be maybe so, looking end of the month, Leicester possibly. Yeah. It's only two games, isn't it? So you think you can get through the weekend with Fabinho. Last, last year they played Wijnaldum and Channon in a three-man yeah, centre-half right, at Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. And 1-5-1. So yeah. you, if you can get through we can get, I think Brighton we can get through, and Palace with Fabinho at centre-half, then you've got Gomez, Matip coming back not long You've said Klein, Klein uh, much to the uh, disgruntlement of uh, of Neil Warnock. It always makes me it's laugh shame, when he it? gets upset. Yeah. There's, there's a man who has <laughs> never said a positive thing about Liverpool Football Club in all the time I've ever seen him on TV. And then as the... The effrontery to say I'm really they've got no class. Yeah. I mean, you, just get remember, get back to Gringotts Bank, you tranny looking goblin. <laughs> do you remember That's when he said um, the Scousers didn't have windows? Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Do you remember that on, on commentary with Gerard and Gerard shot him a lot? Yeah, do actually, yeah. yeah but the, 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 the ironic, about class, yeah. Yeah, go, go and get some eyebrows before you talk mm. about the, it. The, the ironic thing about about those comments after the, after the transfer at the end of last week, though, was literally only two or three days before that that he was he was. Calling Mo Salah under all the divers under the sun. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he's, he's never, he's never, expect? he's never had a. I always remember when, when, uh, when the Wolves manager tried to shake his hands and he. Oh, was the end of last season. Yeah, yeah. He's just an absolute. Because he scored disgrace. a last minute winner yeah. and he ran on the pitch yeah. and, and he's going after him and he went f off. Yeah. You know, listen, man. So it always makes me laugh when he's up, when he's affronted it. We've done something right. It's a strange, strange one with people like him. I, I can't get mad. Like same with Mourinho. They kick off about respect and uh, oh, the club should have more class, but they're never behaving in a way that. They should no, be they, given yeah. any respect. Frank you don't understand that respect is earned. It's not a privilege. Yeah. Do you remember when he, he had, had to go at Benitez on a number of occasions, but the Fulham game when Benitez changed the team because Liverpool had the small matter of a European That's Cup right. final in a, in a couple of weeks. And he did the same at Old Trafford yeah. in a title race because he said, oh, there's no point. We're not going to win at Old Trafford. Basically so through may the well, game. Yeah, yeah, may as well rest some players. And and had the, <laughs> the cheek to have a go at Benitez for doing a similar thing. Yeah, but, but you can't have it both ways. Can't can't it both ways. ways. The likes of Mourinho always won it that way, and that's why ultimately they tend to get found out. Yeah. So they, nobody likes them either. So the uh, the next game. Let's just recap the next game before we um, say adios. The next game is Brighton away. Uh, Brighton got Brighton beat Bournemouth in the FA. Did they beat Bournemouth in the FA Cup? One yeah. at Bournemouth in the cup. Beat Everton in the league only a couple of weeks ago after form. Everton has had a good win at Burnley. Held Arsenal Not, to a draw. Yeah, I think they, they only lose like three or four home games last season. I think I think United lost there, so it, it's no gimme. But maybe it's in in some ways maybe it's the perfect kind of game for us, and that you know it's they'll go there knowing that they should win. They're expected to win. You don't think three, two defeats on the bounce have gone has got, has got any kind of bearing on the mentality of the team? I don't think the FA Cup game came at a good time in terms of to lose that. Probably didn't help because I think they need to just get back on the horse mm. after City, but. I think I've got a feeling. It, I've yeah. got a feeling. Another talk about that would have been. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You mm. just take that yeah, out of the equation just... and look back at your city performance and say, go out there and even if you perform seventy five percent of what you performed at City, you'll you'll win the game against Bournemouth. Mm. Liverpool have got too much class now, and I, I think they they know they have. Yeah, and that's part of it. I think it's part, it's the knowledge. <clears throat> it's it's going out there with the attitude that. These can't really live with us, and that's what they have yeah. to. That's what they have to breed. I think what's good as well over the over. The, I think I think I'm correct in saying over the next couple of weekends, Liverpool play before City and Tottenham yeah. on, on 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 both occasions. So there's an opportunity there to go and extend the lead again. Make sure that you know, every, and I think you know. I would hope Klopp will be making the point. Plenty of people will be looking at you now. You've lost that. You've lost a couple of games. Yeah. Obviously, those who wish us do not wish us well will be thinking: Are the wheels coming off? Is is the house made of sand? This is your opportunity to go and prove we are. We mean business. Go out there at Brighton. You know, it's the old Sunday league shout, isn't it? It's nil nil nil. You when you're five nil up. Yeah. Nil nil, boys. Yeah. Nil nil. Mm-hmm. 
put it, put it, put out your mind everything that's gone up, that's gone before. I always make. I can't. Someone said it recently. I don't know if it's necessarily the footballing context, but the best of the best because they go out and prove it every single week. Now we've had a fantastic season, but it, you've, we've got fifty-four points, I think, which which is a fantastic tally at this point. But it's not going. It's not enough to win the league. They've got to go out and almost match what they've done. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the pressure. Yeah. And, what's one of the most gratifying things for me so far this season is that every challenge Liverpool have had laid down to them they seem to have embraced the yeah, pressure yeah. And, and absorbed it and, and really looked to kind of take it on so it's it's the most important game of the season on Saturday because it's the next one yeah, but it's a little bit more than that because of what's gone on in the last mm-hmm. week or so so um, I'll be there 6.15 coach from the Rockets on Saturday morning along with a, you know, a few other thousand diehards and um, it's massive and really looking forward to it uh, just a quick word on I'm trying to get up the email from for, for about the next Blood Red do you, yeah, know, yeah. Do you know anything about the dates and February stuff? 13th um, <clears throat> February the 13th February 13th um, again at the Baltic Market um, your good self mm. Neil hosting it well you know we'll see see um, if I'm busy <laughs> no I'll definitely be there I loved it it was really fun last time and, 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 and let's hope yeah. We're still riding on this crest of a wave and we're doing well consistently. We'll have such a great night. Yeah. We need to anyway. Game, isn't it? A, a quiz by, um, yeah. by this man over here, Dan Kay, as well. Yeah. Am I doing another quiz, am I? Okay. You're going to be asked. Here's, you're officially being asked. There now. we are. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Get everything yeah. in the cup on then. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun to be had. A few bevies to be had. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, in good company and in in, uh, in red company. Yeah, guests to be announced. Guests to be announced. Yeah. Shane Piercy's going to be on stage, don't Piercy and then two others who we hope should be quite interesting. And what we do, what we like to do as well, what we did with the first one, I think... Uh, it was important the guests were really fan representative yeah, of a thought yeah. as well and I think that's a really good way of going forward mm, as well yeah. with it I think they, 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 it's more accessible rather than you know getting people on who sort of we've heard before yeah. sort of thing so yeah. looking forward to that February the 13th so it's the day before Valentine's Day isn't it <laughs> yeah, get your yeah. pass out sources early boys get, get, and get, girls get, 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 or just get a, get a get a ticket for Valentine's Day well there so you we're, go we're going we're going there there's your presents yeah. the what market. could be what could be more romantic and yeah. some smelly trees from the garage on the way home because you forgot Dan <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, K absolute pleasure thanks very Cheers, much mate. long may nice it continue uh, give us a quick uh, score for Brighton away uh, I'm going to go 3-0 to the mighty Reds beautiful Joe Rimmer not beautiful Joe Rimmer beautiful, he is beautiful uh, he is, he's, he's a lookalike you know, three, three one Liverpool. Yeah. Three one Liverpool. Yeah, We're going for the. You're going yeah. for the one. I've got more faith in our back forward and our goalie. So I'm going to say. I'm going to say. No, I'm going to go with three 0 I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to go with. Do you think it'll the, be easy? I think it'll no. be. I think they'll come and have a go. No, two 0 I'm going. Two 0 I'm going. There you go. All right, lads. Once again, thank you very much. Uh, that is it from Poetry in Motion. Your first of 2019. Many more to come. Uh, have a great uh, rest of the week and a fantastic weekend. And up the Reds. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.